On today's episode of the Nifty Nick Show, I am excited to have on Farouk Sarmad, the creator of Good Life Media and an absolute hub in the NFT community, hosting NFT events with Paris Hilton, Steve Aoki, Tom Bilyeu, Jean Legere, and more, resulting in million-dollar sales live on Clubhouse. This show is all about learning from those with skin in the game in the world of NFTs, and as usual, today's guest is no exception, so let's get started. If you're looking for some crypto, you just found the right spot. We wrap it up, one of a kind, NFT straight to the top. Now don't go trading based on comments, we provide in this show. It's not investment advice, but our picks do tend to blow up. Like a rocket, they say. Many people have compared it to people's every day. So if you're trying to figure out what's going on in this space, please do not worry. Your boy Nifty Nick is hot on the case. Yeah. All right, I'm here with Farouk Sarmad. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much. And that's a very nice intro you got there. It's like a disclaimer at the same time. You know, I cut the non-financial advice in there. <laughs> it is it is a rap disclaimer. I stole that from someone else and uh, went and spent a fortune on Fiverr to hire someone to rap that for me. I love that. <laughs> Dude, so uh, welcome on. You know, I, I wanted to say, you know, the, I think the first time I came across you actually was on, man, maybe back in February or March, John Legere came on and like did a live auction. And I think you were hosting that room. Am I right about that? Yes, sir. And and he like bid a, a 1.5 million on some NFT or it was it was something like that. Yeah, it was it was. You're talking about the Blau, yes, Lime Sunday, right? SSX Blau uh, collaboration with the 101 where the winner got to to name the NFT, and it was a 1.333 million dollar bid by John right on the stage in this app, and it was legendary. With Blau in the room and everything was so sick. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And I'm like, wait, what the, like, this is crazy. So I had just gotten into NFTs and I see this activity going on and I'm like, okay, well, this is absolutely bonkers. You seemed also equally blown away by it, I, I recall at that moment, because it was uh, quite quite a significant event. But how did you end up in this uh, in this place, in this position of of essentially this facilitator of a lot of these auctions that are taking place on Clubhouse? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I ended up right where I am right now uh, on Clubhouse. I, I'm sorry, I started right where, where I ended up right now on Clubhouse. Um, it was back in February, at the end of February. Uh, we were hosting a room with my friend Buster, uh, just about collectibles. Like in general, you know, whether it's gold, sports cards, Pokemon cards, because I was really into that stuff as well. And, and, and NFTs, and, and he had put this in the title, Buster knew what NFTs were. I had no idea. And, uh, and so I came in the room and I remember I was hosting my own room and it ended really late, like something like midnight that night. And so Logan Paul gets in the room and obviously like a lot of traffic comes to the room. It was, an, it happened to be the night before his first NFT drop. Right. And so, um, I hop in right away cause I saw he had joined and I was already like a moderator in the room. So I hop back in and, uh, and the room just blows up obviously. And then all of a sudden I found, I find out what this thing called NFT is and means. And I was, I remember my feeling like it was yesterday. I was blown away, Nick, like just by the way it was presented to me. I was like, wow, this is undeniably the future. But what's crazier is that room is forever going to be legendary because I'll tell you what, this is what happened. Logan Paul joined, right? And all of a sudden, every single big crypto artist that operates in the world of NFTs pulled up, ferocious. The artifacts pulled, all of them. 
and a bunch of people like the fuck renders and Victor Mascaras, who Mad Dog Jones, who back then were just like kind of getting like their first, you know, big sales and such and such. I remember it was right before, right after Mad Dog Jones' massive sale. It was right after Ferocious locked in a half a million dollar sale, right? He did on January 1st. It was like a month later. And so it was fairly new. And that night, I remember, and I, I, I go back sometimes to the text in the group chat, and I remember how blown away I was by what it is. And I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. So I started asking questions, asking, asking, asking. And I'll never forget, I woke up the next day, and I bought my first NFT, the Aku, the Genesis piece by Micah Johnson. And I will never forget the feeling I had when I bought it. And from that moment on, I literally put everything aside. And then when I say everything, Nick, it's everything. And I said, that's it. I found it. This is my place. This is my place. This is what I've always, what I've been waiting for this whole time. This is a digital evolution. And I'm here for it. I'm here early and I'm not missing the boat. And I, I, that's how it happened. So it's an awesome story. Were you already like super active on Clubhouse building an audience or did you, you just like stumbled into this one event? No, no, no. I had been. So I, I found out about Clubhouse last year and I couldn't get an invite. Then in November, uh, I got on and then I didn't make a room until December 28th, 2020. And then on my first room on Clubhouse, it was about, I come from the branding and marketing world. So I've been doing branding, marketing and building communication strategies for people and brands online for since 2015 now where I started my business, Good Life Meeting Communication. But I've been building community on social media forever. I was 12 years old. I made my first Facebook account. My first Twitter, I think I was 13 or 14. And I've always been dabbling in the space on social, just trying to like grow pages, like when the OG memes were out there and stuff like that. So when I saw Clubhouse, I was like, wow, this is like the greatest thing to have ever happened because to me, voice is the most powerful tool a person has. And I've always trying to find a way to like echo my thoughts my feelings or, or my opinions and my ideas by voice just necessarily using video. So when I saw Clubhouse, I automatically saw the power. And bro, I was bullish on Clubhouse the second I got on. I mean, I'll never forget my time consumption, my screen time on Clubhouse was like 70 hours a week back then already. I already had 75,000 followers on here before I even dabbled into the space, Nick. Uh, actually, we were running some of the largest rooms on a day-to-day basis on the app. I had found a way to sort of like growth hack uh, the app. I was doing a bunch of like overflow rooms back in the days where like you could only have 5,000 people in a room. Now the cap is 8K. And I would just, once they would cap out at 5K, like when Elon Musk came on, for example, at the Good Time show, I created an overflow room using two phones because back then you could be in two rooms at the same time. And I literally just would have one phone funnel through the other phone and we'd have an extra 5,000 people in the room because I was like, it's not fair that only 5,000 people get to listen to Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg live on Clubhouse. I want to make sure that more people get in. So I started doing that. And also, bro, like I was running two, three, four, five rooms a day. Like I don't even know how many times I lost my voice. I had to train my voice for Clubhouse. Go figure. And so, no, I, I, you know, the answer is no. I was already building an audience. And then I saw the NFT space and I was like, wow, like Clubhouse is about to change and shake and shape and shift this entire space. And I already have an audience. I might as well go for it. We created, you know, I co-founded the NFT club with my homie Paolo. And, and from there on, I mean, we built the largest, you know, NFT club in, in, on Clubhouse here. I think we're at, what, 40,000 followers, members right now. And ever since, I mean, we've been hosting a lot of drops. I, I don't even know how many, but yeah, I already had an audience uh, on Clubhouse. I already had to start building an audience on Twitter. And I've always had my audience on Instagram. I have about 13 million followers um, across multiple pages. 
Well, did you use Instagram in order to promote this or did you exclusively use those growth hacks? I mean, I, props to you. That That's quite clever uh, to use the overflow approach. I had never even considered that. Um, but it seems like, you know, your preparation met opportunity here. But I am curious, um, like, has that come into play outside of your knowledge and experience that came from Instagram? Was there anything else that like uh, we're, we're using that to drive traffic or no? No, no, no. I, I, I really got all my traffic from within because there was a point in time. Now it's a little bit slower, obviously, with the world reopening and stuff. But like Clubhouse, you got to understand like peak pandemic. How many months in? Like 12 months in? Like what? 10 months in? Like we were just like, OK, this shit's never going to end. And so we were, everybody was always on Clubhouse, Nick. Like, it was a party. You opened the app, there was so many rooms, fully crowded, this and that. I remember just trying to, trying to like, finagle my way into rooms and trying to get up top and stuff and just try to get moderated and just try to start rooms and this and that. And so, no, I never really used my, my Instagram audience. I would share to Instagram, yo, get on Clubhouse, don't sleep on Clubhouse, this, this, that. As a matter of fact, Nick, I used my Clubhouse account to reactivate and re-engage my Instagram account and to build a Twitter audience. I, I, I was always like an anti-Twitter type of guy because I was like a IG maxi, if you want to put it in like crypto terms. But, uh, you know, I had 800 followers on Twitter, bro, just like four months ago. And so I was like, wait, one day I was on Clubhouse hosting this overflow room. I had 5,000 people in the room. We went for 38 hours straight. And I had like two to 5K people in the room the entire time during the whole 38 hours. And I was like, why am I not using this to push? Because Clubhouse is perfect to drive traffic to Instagram and Twitter. You click on my head, you open my bio, and it's at the end. You click and you push out. That's what I love about Clubhouse. It's not one of those apps where they force you to stay on. They let you leave because you can leave the app and still listen. And I was like, wait, let me just do that. So I would tell people, I have a poll going on my Twitter, go vote. And so my Twitter started blowing up. And now I think I grew 11,000 followers on there. But still, like we're doing about four to five, six, seven million impressions a month on Twitter because of Clubhouse. On Instagram, I was losing followers because what happens on Instagram when you're not that active, you start losing a little bit of followers every single day, right? And so and so I actually managed to switch the curve and start growing my Instagram because of Clubhouse. So if anything, I went, I tapped into a whole new audience that I'm super grateful for. Some of them are listening right now and, and, and I love that. And it's just like, I, I use that. It's just like, I've been reverse engineering things on social media since forever. This is the thing that works the most. So I saw Clubhouse, saw new opportunities, and that's what I did. Well, you've done a great job, and the results have shown. You now have like hosted the stage with, I mean, I, I can't even list all of the, it, it seemed like every night I was seeing another celebrity doing a drop in a room with you. And I'm like, what the, well, like, what the hell is going on here? Like, this, this is crazy. Um, so, uh, so, so like, is this now, uh, you said you're, you realize like, okay, this is the uh, calling. I'm, I want to go all in on this. What, what's happened to your business? Like, have you just like put that to the side or you had already scaled that and have a team that's running it anyways? Yeah. So no, I, I, I literally put it on, like, obviously I've always been running my, you know, social media services where we, we act as an agency. We do, we do, we do growth. We do marketing and branding for a bunch of brands. And most importantly, people, I, I got into personal branding, I think in 2015, I was, I was selling shout outs to a bunch of these personal brands that you, you probably would recognize today. Some of them actually you've had on your podcast, which is pretty cool. And, and so, you know, it's, um, this stuff always been running, but just, I changed my priorities. I changed my focus completely, uh, because, and thanks to Clubhouse, 
like when when I saw this NFT space, you know how I felt? I felt like Instagram in 2014. Like I remember when I got on Instagram the first time, I was like, wow, this thing is crazy because you can build community and grow together. So that's what I did. Like on my first week on IG, bro, like I found my tribe in a way, like I found my people and like we started growing pages together. We all had, I had 2000 followers. This one guy had 20K, this other guy had 10K. And today we all have the multiple millions of followers. So we did the same thing as I'm seeing today in the NFT space. And when I saw this space and that night, I'm telling you when there was like literally every single person that night, I met Whale Shark, became buddies with him. Like literally everyone that's big today was in that room. Like Fuel, today was his announcement for Christie's and it had me think back, damn, I met the kid in that room, you know? And like everybody remembers that one room. And so, and so I saw that and I was like, wow, I'm a, like, my art is community building. It's what I love, it's my passion. and to me, like I have a thesis uh, when it comes to the space here, where to me, the NFT space is crypto OGs and internet kids that get together to push a digital evolution. And this digital evolution is being expressed through NFTs, which is art. And it's the most beautiful form of self-expression. And so I stand on the side of the, the, side of the internet kids. I'm not a crypto OG, I don't claim to be, but you know what, you're still early. And so when I saw this space, I was like, wow, I missed the Bitcoin boat in 2013. I'm not missing the NFT boat. And so, and it wasn't just like a financial decision. It was just a lifestyle decision that I found a space where people were creative, like me. I, I, I like to think I'm kind of creative and that, you know, people love to build community and people love to work together. Like everybody in this space, like mostly, I'd like to say the 99% of them really are like very altruistic and want to grow together and like what we're doing right now right we're just like working together and like doing a podcast in order to like help each other's audiences and stuff like that so i saw that man and i i had to go all in literally yeah i mean it's pretty clear that the nft space is going to be booming years from now and i'm pretty excited it's it's also i mean i felt the exact same way the only distinction was i did not hack it from a clubhouse perspective Frankly, like I tend to be second wave with pretty much everything, uh, but it's early in the second wave. And then uh, like oftentimes I'll be skeptical very early on uh, and then be like, OK, no, this actually is something. And I feel like that was the same case with um, with NFTs. Uh, but I think we both feel the same way about the space. Uh, so how did you end up? Well, I'm curious, like sort of what your plans are here. But how did you end up partnering uh, with Paolo? And like, is that? Was he your friend before or like, uh, what's the deal there? And I'm pretty sure I've seen him. Like, wasn't he, didn't he win all the auctions for, um, I feel like punk 41, 56 or whatever his number is. Did like, a no, a that was, that was Amir. Amir won all the Oh, okay. Auctions. Got it. Sorry. <laughs> Another person with whom I've had the chance to, to meet and, and, and that I've had the chance to partner with actually. Uh, but first came Paolo. No, I, I actually, I, I didn't know Paolo before Clubhouse. Not before that, it's before Clubhouse. So back in the days, like, and I speak about this like it was 10 years ago, but <laughs> in this world right now, like, honestly, January feels like 2002, right? So it's like so far away. But, um, you know, I met him on Clubhouse because back then, like, we were running a branding and marketing rooms because that's what we both do. Like, I, 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 I do branding and marketing since forever. So we were running, like, how to grow your audience on Instagram. And, like, but those actual rooms, like, we were actually, like, delivering, like, value to people, right? Not trying to sell them anything because I literally don't have anything to sell. And so uh, we met like that. And I was like, damn, like, I, I really, I really like him. Like, I, you know, I, I, I really like, I can relate to him. I like what he's saying. 
he's smart. He's worked with some large brand, personal brands, like, you know, the Jake and Logan Pauls when they were just like 17 years old. Hence why we did the whole, you know, Jake Paul and FC with him and, and, and helped him out with that and, and a lot of other names uh, like Steve Aoki, et cetera. But, you know, it's, I, I really liked him. And I was like, hey, like, let me help you out with your personal brand because I saw that he was lacking in a few places. And that's what I always did. Like, I was, I love growth hacking personal brands. It's like my, it's like my shtick, you know? And so, um, I, I met him and I was like, hey, let's link up. Let's, you know, let's start growing our audiences together because that's literally how it works on social media. Like, there's no way you're going to do anything to get on your own unless you have some crazy viral, like, sensation, like Salt Bay or whatever, right? But, like, on social media, you want to growth hack social media. Like, there's no growth hack. Just, like, work together. Literally the best thing to do. So, um, so I, I met him like that. We started teaming up. And the thing is, so for the NFT space, so Paolo's been – in like working he's been an entrepreneur i guess for like 25 something years and he's worked in the entertainment industry and like the edm space since like, like since like it's epiphany and so he's known steve aoki mac his manager who manages blau rac and steve aoki as well it's funny they're all in the same management but um he's known them for like literally since the first day of when aoki just started his music and so one day when the when the nft space boomed and we saw um aoki wanted to do a drop the very very first one that we hosted which was crazy. I think he did like $4 million on stage. It was nuts. Um, it happened because I told Paula, I said, yo, you have all these contacts. Why don't you just use your contacts to get us some dope clubhouse rooms, right? Obviously, because there was a point in time where clubhouse was so booming. But when you had a celebrity on Nick, like it was nuts. Like the app would melt. Literally, I had 6,000 people in both rooms because we did two rooms for him, like the first the opening, open edition and the auction ending. And so... And so what happened is I told him, yo, hook me up with, like, Steve's manager and let's make it happen. So he did. And, like, Steve's manager's like, well, look, Steve's really busy. Uh, I'll give you a short heads up. Are you ready? I'm like, yes. The next morning, he literally gives me three hours. Like, yo, in three hours, I need you to host this room. I'm like, all right. Challenge accepted. And I managed to pull a bunch of people in the room. And from there on with Paolo, we teamed up. We're like, yo, let's, like, let's team up. Let's do these drops together. We had a good flow. It was very positive. Always high energy, high vibration and everything. So I liked the way we were flowing together. And we just decided that, you know, when it comes to the space, it's just partner up together and let's just grow each other's brands. And it's just like, you know, he knows his space. I know my space, my place, and that's it. And we started doing it together. So that's how we met uh, pretty much through Clubhouse and really started working more together through the NFT space. And then he, and then when you think about it, like the Aoki room, like that kind of started it all Clubhouse. Like there was already small, very small Clubhouse rooms about the NFT space on Clubhouse. But like the ones that really push stuff are those big rooms. Now, whether people like it or not, whether how the metrics were back then in March, I personally, I, if I look back, I'm like, wow, that was terrible. But like, nobody knew better, right? And so when you look at it, if it wasn't for those rooms bringing massive awareness around the space and gathering 6,000 people, bro, like I ran the metrics, like 40,000 people in the room over three hours. Like if it wasn't for those rooms, I'm not sure there would have been this whole snowball effect of a bunch of people just hopping on and doing it. Like Steve Aoki going on, then sharing to his like 15 million followers. Oh, I'm on Clubhouse, dropping my NFT, this and that. That was a big deal, right? And so and so after this, it just started going like Jake Paul, Paris Hilton. So we, we hosted Rob Gronkowski. But then it was, aside from that, like sort of like whatever A-list celebrities, like what I love most is that we really started hosting some phenomenal artists in the space. Like I keep naming them, but like Fuck Render, Victor Mascara, oh, man, there's so yeah. many of them. I, 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 you know, there's so many. I think we've hosted over 100 rooms about it. 
Yeah, Fuck Render is coming on, I think, Wednesday. Um, but Oh, yeah, nice. But, but dude, so I, there's a lot that you said there, actually, as per Clubhouse specific, and I kind of want to unpack that real quick. You were talking about, hey, I look at the metrics, and that's terrible. Is there some, like, tool? Like, what tools are you using to monitor that? And um, it, it also sounds like you're referring back to I mean, obviously, it was the peak because everyone was forced to be at home. Right now, everyone wants to get the hell out of their home. Um, but what, like, well, I, I'm curious about a couple of things. Let's start with the metrics. Like, what are you looking at, and wh why do you say that that was horrible? Because those were some of the largest. No, no, no. At that no. Point. What I said, that's no. What I said is the drop metrics back in the days, back in March. The whole open edition for 2,500 bucks a pop. And then this, and then that, and then like a thousand pieces get minted, and then the value drops down by 50%. That's what I'm talking about. The clubhouse metrics, oh my God, they were heavenly. I wish, <laughs> man, I wish, I wish it was still that way. You know what I mean? But what I was using to, it was just some, I, I don't really want to promote those tools because they're not like clubhouse official, but like yeah. there's a bunch of monitor tools like yeah. online. If you find them, you put a link in the thing, it generates the views over like compare to time, and it'll crush the data for you. So I think Steve Aoki was like, 36,000 persons per room coming in and out total. Cause of course there was a cap at, I think it was 8,000 back then when Stevie Oki was on. Um, and so, and then on and then on, but yeah, every, all of these rooms were massive. So you're when saying about metrics is, Oh, sorry. I didn't mm -hmm. interrupt. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so you said that the drop metrics were bad. Well, I mean, those were at that moment, those were like mind boggling. Anyone who was looking at that was saying like, yeah. holy shit, this NFT thing is like a legit thing. And Oh my God, like, uh, Clubhouse is turned into the NFT sales platform. What, what? Why are you saying that the metrics back then were bad, or, or you're saying bad in a good way? No, what I mean by that, no, it's bad in a bad way. And but I'll tell you what. But what I appreciate is, for example, they, they, the, the people you can see that they're coming back into the space and trying to fix that with organizing burn, and then adding rewards to their to their holders and a bunch of stuff like that. I think mm -hmm. this is great. What I mean by that is when you think about it, right? Looking back, and again, it's nobody's fault. Like literally nobody knew better. It's when the space was booming, like you said, everyone was losing it, right? In March, if you look at the sales, they were crazy, right? And it's normal. That's why when people look at the sales now, they say, oh, there's a crash. No, there's no crash. It's just, it's normal. It's like a stuff corrects itself. It's normal when there's like, uh, when stuff goes up too fast, it doesn't go up, right? And so what I mean by that is it's not sustainable for it, for a secondary market in the NFT space to be had to sell a piece a thousand times at $2,500. And that's not on Steve or anything. It was every single drop was like that back then. Remember back in March? Yeah. Like every single drop was like that. But what I like today is that we, even when someone does opens, they'll start lower. And then you have someone like Blau who did like a, a faces burn. Remember, like you could burn a couple of pieces and you get a one of one or one of 12 or one of whatever. And so that's what they're doing now, which is good. That's what I like. But back then it was it was El Dorado. It was crazy. Like there was drops every day. There's still drops every day, but every single drop that day was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was so big, <laughs> so much hype. Which was good though. But again, when you look back at it three months later, it's good. Because if it wasn't for that, there wouldn't have been this massive influx of eyes and attention and money put in the space. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it made the NFT space what it is. Like, it brought in a lot of people into the space. Now, if you're left holding the bag because you bought a bunch of these, you know, uh, pieces where you're talking about a thousand items, 
okay, it, it, you may have a little bit of buyer's uh, remorse. And I've definitely seen from collectors in the space who did buy drops on Nifty Gateway at, at that point in time. There is a little bit of buyer's remorse, but a lot of those people are also trying to like the, the ones that are in it for the long haul. Uh, and a lot of the people that you've had on stage, Blau and Steve Aoki, they seem really committed to the space. So it's, it, it doesn't seem 100%. like it, like, yeah, maybe it didn't go the way that they wanted it to, but I don't think that it really like it, it's, it's only temporarily burning. I don't know if it's burning bridges. It's more of like, it may have sucked people into the hype that like, couldn't afford to go buy a $2,500 piece of art uh, casually on a regular basis. Um, and I think that that's sort of the habit I find it myself doing it as well with NFTs where you're like, oh, it's just another 0.1 ETH, great. And I'm like, damn, I'm spending a ton of money like on, on NFTs. <laughs> like, like, it's, like that's not sustainable. Um, I mean, it is for the John uh, Legere's of the world and stuff like that, but um, it's not for the Nick O'Neill's. So... Um, Okay, so you said that the metrics weren't weren't great then. So what are you thinking about it now? It sounds like what you're saying is like, in addition to the being lull in the market, there's also a lull in Clubhouse. Is, is that a correct assessment? Yeah, I mean, is by lull you mean like a slowdown? Is that what it is? is yeah, like I'm sort of curious what you're thinking in terms of sustainability. I mean, you know, there were rooms and there still are rooms every day, multiple times throughout the day about NFTs. And I'm like, man, I just don't have time to participate in that. But I'm wondering like, how your strategy has changed uh, since since things have uh, you know changed speed a little bit? Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's it's kind of expected, right? Fifteen months stuck inside. Like for me, like as of two weeks ago, I'm finally like sort of free. Like we had curfew here for five months, bro. Eight p.m. curfew. I was not allowed outside my house after eight. No gyms, no restaurants, absolutely nothing here in Montreal. Like it's like I had nothing else to do but to work, which is great. I'm grateful for it. And build and then be on Clubhouse, right? So I was really on here every day. But now that there's stuff opening, obviously I'm going to tend to to be on a little less, right? It's human nature. It's normal, right? I want to go have dinner at my mom's house, or I want to go uh, outside for a drink because I can on a Friday instead of being stuck on social media, right? It's normal, right? After the summer, maybe things will change and it it'll pick back up, right? But it's and also much much more users, right? There's what. 4 million new Android users, something like that. There's like 300,000 rooms per day. So obviously, stuff spread a little more thinner and therefore, you get a little less engagement. It's happened on every single platform. I was early, I was super early on Instagram and I was, I built pages like like no tomorrow. Like I did zero to 10 million followers the first two years on Instagram, 2014 to 2016 across multiple pages. So luxury channel, love page, life hack page, nature page, travel page, like we were just growing a bunch of different pages. And it was, it wasn't easy. It was easier. But if you get in today, obviously, it's harder. But it doesn't mean you can't make it happen. Like, I still open my app and I see a thousand-person room here, 500-person room there, 300-person room there. If you if you look into the Persian rooms, I'm Iranian, so I got a bunch of Persian rooms as well. They have, like, a bunch of people in there still. So, But it's normal that there's a slowdown in growth and then there's competition that comes in, other applications that try to obviously replicate because Clubhouse came and disrupted social media, disrupted the audio space, disrupted everything. I don't know about you, but there was a point in time where I stopped listening to music because I was on here so much. And it's fine. It's cool. I don't regret a single minute of it. I love it. I love this app. I'm so grateful that I was able to just build what I built and I, and I love it. But obviously, like everything, there's a slowdown. But you know what happens when there's a slowdown? Just like right now, you saw a massive dip in, in, in the crypto space, right? And then you saw a slowdown of, a slowdown of growth in the NFT space. 
But guess what? Those who are consistent and remain consistent during these times will prevail and then win after. So when there's a slowdown, I was already doubling down. Yeah. And when stuff slowed down, I doubled down on that. So while people are like, uh, I'll, I'll stop and then it's to that, I'm going four times harder. Yeah. But then I'm going to be like 40 times ahead. So I really invite everyone to just keep going. It's always the best time to build, I think, during the dip. And that, that and it's also easier to stay focused. You know, it, it's a little bit crazy when everything's booming. To be fair, I don't feel like the market has completely disappeared. Yeah, Ethereum's not at over $4,000 today. It's over $2,000, which is still significantly higher than where it was a come, year come ago. Come on, bro. <laughs> 40K Bitcoin, you know, come on. Like, people are like, up, 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 up. Like, come on. Stuff can't always go up in life, all right? You need a little correction. And during a correction, but you know what, Nick? I'm seeing who's consistent right now. And I, I, let me tell you, we're some of these people who are consistent as hell. Never worked harder and built more in my life. And it's easy to tell now who's here for the long term. Because here's what happens. When there's a dip, it weeds out two sorts of people. The people who just can't afford to stay through a dip. And then the people who are just so inconsistent. And you could tell that they were just here for the, for the bull run, like for like a up, 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 and anything. And then they're not consistent. The same on Clubhouse and social media. You can tell the people who are here for the long run who are still building on Clubhouse. And you can tell the people who are just here because there was a spike. And then when it comes back, well, they just won't be around. And that's fine. That's good, in my opinion. I, I, I'm a huge fan of correction. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes a ton of sense. Well, yeah, I, I love it as well. I mean, I was hoping that crypto dropped even further, but uh, <laughs> it's just not something you want to root, root <laughs> just for. Just so you could scoop but, them up. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, man, I don't have enough money in here. Um, but, but okay, so... What are you thinking like right now is, are you just, you know, partnering with different people? Man, I saw you, I think uh, I saw you post on Twitter that you were like go-karting with like Waka Flocka or something like that today. Are you are, are, <laughs> like, are, are you just, you know, now international jet setting and hanging out with celebrities or is like, what, what's the... Uh, do, nah, do you... <laughs> bro. No, man, never, never. I, look, like I'm, I'm, man, I'm 26 years old. And I'm having the time of my life. And I'm, you know why I'm having the time of my life? It's just because I'm being me, bro. Like, I'm, dude, like, I'm smiling right now. Just like, <laughs> the way you said it was funny. But, you know, it's just like, look, like, I'm, I'm just, like, doing my thing, working on so many projects. I mean, look, well, it's so crazy. Tomorrow, I'm hosting the announcement of Ferocious and Christie's on Clubhouse. Like, what? Like, that's crazy. And then I'm, I'm hosting the actual sale on the 23rd and the end of our auction on the 30th. Like, for me, this is so big. Like, like it's just, man, I just want to do two things in life. Work with dope people and make money. And help as many people as I can with that. And elevate everyone on my way up. And that's why I started my personal brand in 2015. And I started my personal page on Instagram because I was like, you know what? I haven't made it yet, and I, by the way, I still don't think I made it, and I'm not successful yet, and I still don't think I'm successful, but you know what? I'm going to be. It's going to happen, and I'm going to spread good thoughts, good words, good deeds, all while elevating everybody else to show them that it's possible and that life is just one big journey, and I want everybody to follow it because I like to share it. I'm enjoying it. I like writing about it. I, like, I love coming on Clubhouse and speaking. I love tweeting. I love those things, and I want to prove to the world that you can not only make a living out of it, because back when I started, let me tell you something. I was bullied and I was told that I'm a fucking loser every single day of my life, right? And so 
I can I could prove that we can make a living out of it and have fun. And guess what? Now, yeah, I became homies with Waka. He happens to be in town. We went go karting. You know, I get to, to to chill with some dope people, have some cool conversation, do things that I like. So yes, my point, my goal is, of course, like I have. So I I'm I'm lucky that I made a couple investments. I'm involved in a couple companies, and I've built a few things over the last couple of years. So yes, I have multiple partners and multiple different businesses. And in this space, so in the NFT space. Of course, I have my people with whom I work. I already told you about Paolo. I already told you uh, quickly about Amir, whom I love from the bottom of my heart. But then, that doesn't mean you only build with these people. You, you can do so much. Like, I'm out here collaborating with every single person that I find cool. Like, the first thing I tell someone when I really like what they're doing, I'm like, yo, let's collaborate. And collaborate doesn't mean partner up and build a $100 million business. Partnering up means, like, just do something together, you know? Whether we're, like, I don't know, like, just, starting a room or creating something with them or just like just taking it together like there's just so much you can do by just collaborating and growing together that's that's what i'm doing right now man i mean it's it's cool it's it's definitely a lot of fun and you know can't complain it's a, it's a lot of fun but definitely not international jet setting yet because i can't even travel outside my country <laughs> <laughs> well uh, I mean, it sounds like uh, it, it definitely sounds like and it appears when it comes through that you're having the time of your life. So that's really awesome. And I, yeah, I was sort of wondering, like, what is the model? But it sounds like you're sort of just taking it, you know, one day at a time and seeing um, what opportunities show up. And there's not a ton of pressure right now uh, because you have well, an existing. There is obviously, obviously, I have business model, right? I, I, I'm, you know, like when I when I, I'll tell you what, like when I saw this space blow up. And, and what happened, I told you about that famous legendary room where I met Well Shark and I hit him up and we became friends. And he really put me on before anybody else. Like the same, the week after, we really kicked it. And he's like, you, you're the bridge between the NFTs and the mainstream world. And I was like, I'll take that. I said, I don't know why you're making me the chosen one, but I'll take that. <laughs> That's a big cosign, you know, back then, especially a tweet like that. And I was like, all right. And then I was like, you know what? That's what I love to do. I love being a bridge. This is who I am. I, by default, I've always been that person in my life. I always try to bridge things. And I was like, how do I take this space with so many brains and obviously blockchain technology, which is like not only the future, it's the present, it's everything. And I'm like, how do I take this to my people, the mainstream world, right? I told you my theory earlier, my thesis, which is the internet OG, internet kids and crypto OGs. But how do you make sure that the NFT space and the people like the crypto artists can voice themselves in a way that the mainstream space will adopt them, right? So that's what we did. How did I do it? We did it through celebrities. We did it through clubhouse rooms. We did it through education. And we did it in a very big way. So when Whale Shark, what Whale Shark did is he put me on his podcast. And sorry, and his, uh, he interviewed me personally to the Whale community, right? We went on for an hour and a half instead of 45 minutes. It was lit. And so that really put me on the map in a very big way in the space. And then I would just went on to building exactly what he said I would be, the bridge between the NFTs and the mainstream space. And I was like, for months, for weeks, I was like, how do I monetize that? Because obviously, anything you do, bro, you got to put food on your table. You know, you can't just work for free all your life and not eat. And I really, people need to understand that. It's very important for people to understand. But that does not mean that you go for the first cash grab and just to make money. First, you pay your dues. So we started hosting, 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 doing it. It's like, how do I build something? So here's what I thought I would do. I'm going to build a consulting advising firm that's not only going to help people from the mainstream world 
enter the space and build community. Because like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I said my art form is community building. And it really is an art form. Because not everybody has that, has that. But at the same time, the artist, the operator, the founder, today the collector is also a brand. And not everybody knows how to market themselves. This space is a lot marketing, a lot of marketing. And it so happens that I've been community building and marketing for like 10 years now. I'm 26, I've been doing it forever. And so this is what I'm doing. I'm building literally what I already built in the, um, let's say in the physical verse, but online, right? But now in the metaverse. So that's what we're doing. We're helping a lot of artists. We're helping a lot of creatives. We're helping collectors build their brands on social media, building community. And that's what I love doing. At the end of the day, it's what I literally love to do. And so we, we get to really work with some awesome people. I just mentioned you like, you know, like hosting the crispy sale for Prioches and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of stuff we can do in the space. So that's what it is, man. That's what I'm building. That's what I'm doing. And then, you know, uh, teaming up with Paolo and Amir. Amir is building the NFT guild, which I find awesome. And to be able to work together on projects like that. Like when you ask me like who to partner with, in this, night, this is stuff like that. So, hey, we really like each other. We all have a certain skill set. We might as well put it together and build something. Because at the end of the day, you're not supposed to be good at everything. And even if you're one of these people that's good at everything, you're not supposed to build alone because it's so hard. Like you'll burn out. Been there, done that. But yeah. so it's like, hey, he's good at that. I'm really good at this. He's a boss at that. Let's just all do it together. And that's what's up. That's what we're doing. Very happy and, and it's working out. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. You know, uh, it definitely, I said earlier, you know, preparation meets opportunity. And it seemed like you saw an opportunity as well with uh, Clubhouse and then were properly positioned once the NFT space blew up. Um, the, you know, the, hosting all of these rooms, is, it, it's been uh, a key hub of a lot of, I would say, the uh, major drops that have gone down. So, yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, it was definitely the thing, man. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Blau on the phone once, like early on. He was like, bro, you put yourself at the best position in the world at the intersection of NFTs and Clubhouse. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's what I did. And because I, I found out what NFTs were and about everything, I've always loved art. Because I, I can't wait till the day we drop the word NFT when we describe art, art is art. But I love art. I grew up around art. My mother used to take me to art galleries as a kid. She used to help artists uh, be seen, get seen, just like that as a hobby. I, all my life, like around my whole house at home, there's not a wall that doesn't have a work of art. I mean, my mother's a Belikovich collector. She used to work with them when she was 18, Agam, and all these big artists. And these people were doing serigraphy. I don't know the word in French, in English, sorry. But like, it, it was print. And we're talking back, like, when my mom was 18 years old, like back in like 1980s, right? And so, like, this is, like, I, I've always been around it. And so it's, like, I kind of, like, went back to, like, what I really, really love. And to be able to translate this art form to the general public, for me, is, like, wow. Like, dude, we're going to be writing about people like us, like, in, in, like, art history books in 30 years, fam. Like, this is crazy. Like, the legends that are, that are, that are, the legends of the future are probably not born yet. Or they're being, they're in front of you. You know, it could be you. That's, that's so crazy. Like, I would have been crazy not to jump on this. Yep. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. So, okay, uh, we've come we've come to the end. I could talk to you for a while. Um, but what's the best way? It seems like you're Farouk everywhere online. Yep, I'm so happy. Just got the Twitter handle. So now I'm literally Farouk everywhere. I could never say that before. Like, oh, I'm Farouk here. I'm Farouk good life there. Nah, Farouk 
S A R O K H across the board, baby. Even on TikTok. <laughs> no, but, literally everywhere. But I'm I'm most active here on Twitter and Instagram. Maybe that's the greatest accomplishment of all of this. <laughs> Yo, literally, I'm so happy. The only thing that bugged me is someone bought for Rope East and just to sell it back to me, and they priced it really high. Oh uh, man, I'll get it. Yeah, yeah, that'll come one day. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, the dot eats are uh, n- now more and more challenging to come by, but I've definitely bought a few of them. Well, I-, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. I appreciate you, man. And and you know what? It's awesome what you're doing. Um, I know you've DM me a, a a while back, and I, it gets crazy. And then I saw a couple of your interviews, like Gary V and this, and I was like, damn. He's after something, and I clicked, and I was like, well, that's cool. You sent me a message, and, you know, I'm happy we got it done, and, and, and I'm happy it was really around, like, to come up on Clubhouse, because Clubhouse has been really pivotal for me, and it's like, and, like, there's something I just want, I want to say, I know you got to go, but, you know, when I saw Clubhouse, I literally turned to my girlfriend, and I told her, my life is going to change. I don't know why, what, I didn't know when or in what shape or form, but I told her, I said, this app is going to change my life and it happened like literally like that's why people man like y'all just gotta keep building like i know you and i talked offline about this like how you just found your space here and you're doing it like you just gotta keep going like you never know when the right opportunity or the right person's gonna show up in your life because of a social media platform and everything's gonna do 180 and it's it's different and really, that's like the most important. I completely agree. My, my background, my, my experience was in blogging. I had a ton of experience in publishing and built an audience there. But uh, I agree. And my, my biggest regret, honestly, was so I was on Clubhouse last March uh, or May, March or May. I forget when it uh, started. And I got on and I was like, didn't do anything. And so I had months and months and months of just sitting no, there and I'm like, man, you saw the opportunity and went for it. I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive what's uh, uh, happened and some of the growth hack stuff that you've done is, is quite clever. Bro, the biggest growth hack, you want to know the biggest secret on social media? Do I drop it on your podcast or no? <laughs> I, go for it. All right. The biggest secret on social media is that there's no secret. I, I would completely agree with that. <laughs> okay. so the, the biggest secret is that there's no secret. You just got to be literally, and people hate the word, but the problem is because they're not using the word right. You got to be consistent. You got to be really consistent. You got to be relentless. And you just got to keep doing And if something's not working, it's not because of the platform or the algorithm. It's because of you. Because you're doing something wrong. So fix it or ask questions. And don't be scared to ask. I was that kid, bro. Like I was like up in everybody's DMs as well, just like trying to provide value first. So always do that. Bring something to the table and then get something out of it and then build out of it. When Clubhouse came about, bro, like there was all these people that have millions of followers, right? And and I was like, how do I get to these people so that they could come in my room and help me and help me build a bigger audience? So it's simple. I figured out what I had that I could bring to them. I know what they could bring to me. And I found a way to get to them. So you just got to keep going and keep being consistent. Because right now, like, you see me less on Clubhouse. You see I have, what, 100, 137,000 followers. But, man, those who saw me back then, they remember, man. I had throat issues because of it. Go figure. The other C words give me throat pain. Not COVID. Clubhouse, right? So I had throat pain. 
I was spending 70, 80 hours a week on there. I would forget to eat. I would sleep less. I would, but it was the right time, right moment, and right execution. So if you just keep going, that's why every now and then, I, like maybe once a day, I just tweet, keep going. So I just keep going. Just keep going. Same thing in the NFT space. Keep going. So you keep building community, then you're I, set. I completely agree. Uh, those are good words to end on. Uh, we will keep going, but not with this uh, episode. So I appreciate you coming on. Hi, bro. Have a beautiful, uh, have a beautiful rest of your week. And remember, beautiful day to have a beautiful day. Peace. <laughs> That's it for this episode of the Nifty Nick podcast. And if you made it this far, make sure to subscribe at thenifty.com. Thanks again.